Mark, the fifth chapter, we're going to start with the 25th verse. Back, a little backstory before we start reading. Uh, Jairus, or Jairus, or Jairus, however you want to say his name, is a, he was a Roman uh, centurion who needed uh, a healing for his daughter. His daughter was, was passing away from a malady. But he believed in Jesus, and he came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus if he would come and, he, and lay hands on his daughter. When, whenever somebody walks in an extraordinary anointing, especially in the time of Christ, people looking to Christ and beginning to surmise this may be the Messiah. Everywhere he went, his, it was noised abroad. People knew he's in the streets. Get your sick people to him. They can be healed. And you can imagine how quickly it would take for a group of people, a throng of people to get to him. And so while he's on the way to Jairus' house to pray for his daughter, the crowds are just pushing him from side to side. And he's trying to make it down those narrow streets uh, in Palestine. And he's trying to get to Jairus' house. And uh, while he's there, something extraordinary happens before he gets to Jairus' house. Verse 25. And a certain woman, I'm reading out of King James, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood, means she hemorrhaged for 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians. Let me back up and say that. This is going to mess up some folks. But let, me, let me do it again. I'm sorry. It's the honoriness in me. I got to do it. And had suffered many things of many physicians. Physicians are practicing, ladies and gentlemen. God is a perfecter. I'm not downing doctors. I'm not saying there's not a time for a doctor. What I'm saying is go to God first. All right? She had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. How many of have ever been in medical debt? Pastor Colleen and I are rifling through that right now. And it, it, can be, it can be taxing. It can take everything you've got just to make it. And was nothing bettered. In other words, she done all this, spent all of her money, but she never got better. How many of you have ever had that situation? Don't raise your hand. I don't want no upset doctors at me. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came into the press behind and touched his garments. Now, those of you who've heard anyone preach on this, you understand that this woman, because she had an issue of blood, according to Jewish law, she was unclean. And she could not be in a crowd of people because ceremonially, ceremonially, I'll get it out, she, she could not associate with someone else because if she touched someone else, it would make them unclean and they would not be able to do uh, worship in the temple, they would not be able to do godly duties, all right? These are the rules of the law, all right? Verse 27, and when she had heard Jesus came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, this is what she surmised in herself, and she must have spoke it out because it says that she said it. If I may touch but his clothes... 
I shall be whole. She's surmising in her way, how can I get to the master? How can I get a touch from the master without defiling him? Think about that. How can I get to him without defiling him? She didn't want to put him in a ceremonially unclean position, but she was in desperation for her own condition. Mm. And straight away, straight away, that means right now. That means instantaneously. That means without hesitation. It was touch, pow. Touch, boom. Mm. If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, do you see what category disease is put in? It is a plague. It is something that is hideous. It is something that is diabolical. It is something that at its root and its core has been loosed upon mankind because of the hardness of the heart of men and the diabolical plans of the enemy. For all sickness and disease is birthed in sin. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily you personally have sinned. It means that somewhere this disease was spawned by someone sinning. Let that sink in for just a minute. Verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, he turned about in the press. That word virtue means healing. He felt anointing for healing come out of him. Remember, he did not touch her. So Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about. In other words, he turned around in the crowd and he said, who? Now, he may not have done it quite like that. But I've got it so marked in my Bible, you have to do it that way. Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? In other words, everybody's bumping you and jostling you, and this crowd is shoving us from side to side, and you're worried about someone touching you? Why, why would you even say that? Who touched me? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. Do you notice he didn't have to search through the crowd? He knew. He knew. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Do you see the heart here? She knew she shouldn't do it. She knew she could be in trouble. She knew this could land her in, in, in uh, how do I say this, in, in, in the palace, not the palace, in temple prison. Okay, This could get her in trouble with the Jewish leadership. This could get her in trouble with the church itself. 
but she still confessed the truth. There's only one way to live in this life, and that is truthful. If you're anything but truthful, you set yourself up for a life of deception. But if you come and pour out your heart unto God and you're truthful with him, there's nothing he cannot fix, overturn, or make right. It's only when we hide it. It's only when we hide it. Look at this. She was afraid. But look, verse 34, but he said to her, look what he calls her, daughter. Mm-hmm. He's, saying, he's saying, sweet little girl. He's saying, child. Child, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. That word plague is the same as the word scourge or whip. Go and no longer let the devil scourge you, beat you, whip you with this condition. Go and no longer feel the whip of a taskmaster, the slave of sin, whipping on you. You are whole. You, by faith, have crossed from death into life. You, by faith, have crossed out of your malady into wholeness. By faith, by trusting, by crawling on the ground, breaking the law to get to me, and you reaching out and touching by faith have pulled out of me something I didn't even turn around and acknowledge to give you. You are whole because you have faith. So daughter, be free. Child, be free forevermore. The devil cannot whip you any longer. Mm. Isn't it good to know that the devil cannot whip you any longer? Hmm. I'm going to stop right there because then it goes on with Jairus' story. And it, it is one in and of itself. But I want to just touch on this lady's life. You've ever heard me preach out of this passage. You will have heard some of the points that I'm about to make to you. But I want to, can I have my shawl there? Thank you very much. I'm going to put this on, so give me just a, a, a brief break. Now, this is a prayer shawl, and this is a garment that Jesus wore regularly. All the rabbis wore them, and especially uh, men of faith. And every man of faith in the kingdom, in the Jewish sect, had one. Because this is, have you ever heard of praying in your prayer closet? This is your prayer closet. This is what it's talking about. It means that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, you can stop your moment of in, in any moment of the day and get into your prayer closet. This is what it means. It means to get into the presence of God at any moment of the day. And sometimes it's hard to pray when people are looking on. 
But you can get into the privacy place with God and pray. And those people were a little more nomadic in the sense that they were always moving around and they had to walk everywhere they went. And so they had to take their prayer closet with them because you never knew when you was going to have to get with God in prayer. And, of course, they had scheduled times of the day that they prayed. And so they, all, they never left without their prayer shawl. Now, when they're working, they're working. But the prayer shawl, I guarantee you, was close by somewhere. And so... Mine's a little bit old. It's been laying on the shelf for a long, long time. In fact, I, know, I saw a worn spot in it just a minute ago. It's time for a new one. It used to be white. It's now kind of a pale yellow. But it's a, sim it's a symbol of God. It means, it, it, it literally is a, a mantle, a representation of God. Now, you and I are in the age of grace, and we're, ne we're not Jew. We don't have to have a prayer shawl to enter into the presence of God. But it is a beautiful representation, and I like to get it out once in a while and look at it. And today, as Austin was singing, he was singing about the woman touching the hem of the garment. I picked it up, and when that happened, that's when the Lord changed the message and told me uh, to ask Christian if he would go get this off my shelf and I'm going to have to have you, Megan, fold it back up and put it back right so it looks pretty on my shelf again. But I, I had him get it because this is an integral part of this story. This woman, she, first of all, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the... She heard the word that the Messiah was passing by. She's unclean, unable to go into the crowd. Something else that sparked when Austin was singing this song is I just happened to watch The Chosen, the last episode of The Chosen. Uh, how many have been watching that series on TV of The Chosen? So if you don't, you, you need to. And uh, it just happened to be one of the stories they were covering in that. And they got something so right in that story that, that it, it just intrigued me when they done it. And I, something leaped in me when it happened. But the first thing we need to understand that Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So the first act of faith that this woman had was she heard and determined in her heart to act upon what she had heard. If you want the word of God to work for you, act upon what the word says to do. God's word doesn't return void. So she heard and determined that she was going to, to act upon it. And then it says that she said, if I can just touch. She, she knew that ceremonially she would mess him up if he touched her. So she determined, if I can touch him, that's where my miracle will be. So she confessed Romans 10, 10, she confessed with her mouth, believing in her heart, and by believing that he was the Messiah, by believing that in his wings would be healing, that's what the word declares in Psalms 91, in his wings are healing. The wings of this particular garment happen to be these little strands and these little stray strands that hang from it 
she said and confessed, if I can just but touch him, I can be whole. And I've been through everything, 12 years. Can you imagine bleeding for 12 years? Can you imagine? You can't get away from it. You can't escape it. And it's very, very hard to hide it. And it's very, very hard to live this way. And you don't like feeling unclean. And you don't like feeling undone. And you don't feel like being a second-class citizen. And everywhere you go, you feel as though you don't measure up. And you're not good enough. There comes a point that you either fail or you Grab by faith. She's had 12 years of failure. Doctors couldn't help her. No matter how much money she threw at it, it didn't change anything. She's probably given up most of her hope. There's probably very little hope left in her, but then she hears something that sparks faith. The Messiah is passing by. Something inside of her leaps and goes, yeah, that's my answer. Jesus is the answer. That's what I'm going to do. She determined it in her heart, I'm going to touch his clothes. Surely I can get through the crowd without touching anyone and touch his clothes. It's my only hope. It's all I've got left. I need to touch him. I need for this to end. I'm tired of the devil whipping me, whipping me, whipping me, whipping me, whipping me. My self-esteem is at an all-time low. How can I survive another day of this scourge? And so she determines a plan. He's coming. This is my one and possibly only opportunity to get to the Messiah. He's passing my region right now. And if I miss this, will I ever get another chance? So she confesses, I'm going to touch him. Her faith was activated right there. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get a hold of him. And the word there, it says that she, she touched the hem of his garment. This is something that the Chosen series got right. She says, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch him. Who's the most bashful person in here? I've already got my eyes on you, girl. Come on. Come on, Kaylee. She's like, oh, I heard her. I heard it. It's like, oh. I'm going to really give you a hard time. Are you ready? You got to get on your knees down there. All right. So. She's, Jesus is passing by. She's crawling through the crowd, trying not to touch anybody, trying to not make anybody unclean. 
And as he's passing by, she grabs this outer tassel. And she doesn't just, she doesn't just touch it. She grabs it. She left that place absolutely whole. Because if the heart believes and the mouth confesses and faith reaches out and grabs, then all things are possible in Christ Jesus. All things are possible. Hebrews 11th chapter, the first verse says, For faith is the substance of things not seen. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. And then Romans backs that up. For without faith it is, no, no, that's in verse 6 of Hebrews. Without faith it is impossible to please God. But if I can believe him, Romans the fourth chapter, seventh verse. If I can just believe, I can receive. And sometimes my belief has to work through my doubt. Like the man that Jesus was dealing with with his child. He said, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I truly believe, but help my unbelief. Today, God has proved himself in this place. And he's not through with us. We're just getting started. Father, I pray for every soul in this room that from this day forward, Father, we will begin to hepto you. That from this day forward, Father, in our lives individually and in our lives corporately in this place, we will begin to learn to live the real walk of faith, not the contrived thing that we've tried to build denominations around, but faith that is birthed from the inner man to the heart of God. Father, we want to walk where you are. We want your word, Father, to set the pace. And we want to act upon your word so that our faith, Father, will be complete and whole. For, Father, many of us, Father, are still fighting off plagues, diseases, torments, heartaches in our life. But it's so good to know, Father, that you're not repelled by my weakness. You're not repelled by the places of my life that don't measure up. You're not repelled, Father, because I'm a mess. But even more so, you endear to me because of my faith. So grant your faith across this place in every heart from the youngest to the oldest. And allow us, Father, to be a city on a hill in this region and in this, in this area, Father, that the hurting of humanity can come and be free once and for all. We ask it all in Jesus' name.